Hello, and welcome to the CEO Blind Spots Show, where leaders reveal their blind spots and best practices. I'm your host, Birgit Camps, and today's guest is Dr. Bill Blocker, president of CBS and board member of various organizations. And I'm grateful he could be here today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Blocker. Absolutely. I am glad to be here, Birgit. Thank you for the invitation. Yeah, you are not only a leader of an organization, you have been a book author, you're a speaker, you're a minister to many, and you're also, you've also been a target of many lately. Absolutely. I, I don't say it lightly when I say I'm, I'm glad you're alive and on the show. The things you've been through and the leadership you have brought are amazing, including, you know, obviously where you currently are, president of the College of Biblical Studies, you've been through a merger and and, you know, you now offer students three different locations plus online. And, and I actually consider you one of the pioneers in effective online learning. You knew about that way before when you were at the, the Moody Bible Institute and you've brought it to Houston at CBS. And then the way you expanded online learning to 38 countries. I mean, you appear like you're nothing but success. So, so I, and, and I know you, even you have blind spots. So you take over. Over now and tell us a little bit about you know you're the source of your success and what one of your blind spots was. Well, I, I'll start with a quote: "Out of the necessity of crisis, leadership is forged," and that is truly the fact that um, through over the years we've discovered that one of the biggest tools that leaders can really harp on and try to develop is understanding your blind spots. And I think you put it very clearly that through a lot of pain and struggles, uh, success comes from that and understanding uh, where you're at and how you're operating. And I think one of the biggest challenges is knowing that as we uh, look at our successes, we look at also uh, the things that have allowed us to fail through a lot of pain. Unfortunately, most people see the success, but they don't lift the hood to experience the pain that we suffer through and those blind spots we had to endure. So uh, glad to be here and, and glad to share uh, in any way we can about our experiences. Well, thank you very much. And you've had quite a few. And and as you know, we're in crisis times right now for various reasons. And you and I met uh, a while ago. And when you allowed me to look under the hood, I saw all the crises in life you've you've been through. And so if you're willing to share, what was one of your turning point blind spots in terms of well, being an effective leader? Sure. I, I would start by initially starting out uh, one of the big, biggest successes you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show that I had the wonderful opportunity coming from a technology world to come into a ministry world, selling off my company assets to go into humble means to work for the Moody Bible Institute. And at the time they were developing a startup to take technology to the country. And they hired me to do that. And uh, we had an opportunity to take it to the world. This is at the turn of the century when technology and distance learning was not even uh, really sought after. But one specific success was being able to see how technology can be used for educational purposes to develop leaders across the globe. But even in that success, there are blind spots that you endure as you go through that. One specifically, I remember we were meeting with four different specific countries and we're developing things that we would consider to be profitable for leadership and biblical leadership specifically. One specific meeting I remember where our aim was to convert our English into what what is known what was known then as global English. And mm -hmm. blind spot was that taking for granted that everybody thinks from a Western thought perspective. And so as we went into the meeting thinking solely about how we're going to propagate this through the whole world, 
they were asking simplistic questions that we took for granted and we were so flawed in our expectations. One in particular was that in our uh, survey of the Old Testament class, we talked about some certain illustrations that we utilize in Western thought. We had a picture of various American icons. And one person from Russia asked us, you know, we love your material, but tell us about this guy with this funny hat on, red, white, and blue, and he's pointing his finger threatening us. And I was like, oh, we forgot to take the Uncle Sam picture out, right? And so things like that helped me to understand my blind spots because I'm steeped in Western tradition. And as we teach in even a Bible-centered leadership capacity, we are experts at exegeting text. When I say exegeting interpretation, we are horrible at exegeting culture. And one of my blind spots was to take that for granted that just because I am an American, I mean, the world is much bigger than America. And the audacity to think that everyone has to think like me. Mm -hmm. Wow. So is that part of, I know you were in India at a huge university speaking about Christ and, and I think 70% of them were Muslims. And then I happen to know that you, you mentioned a lot of them after that got to know Christ. Is, is that because you had already discovered the blind spot about language and not taking things for granted that they understood no, or what happened there? <laughs> not at all. Part of that was phase two of understanding my blind spots. Uh, we went on a very, very important exploratory uh, synergy with bringing biblical education to a school down outside of uh, Bangalore called Coimbatore. And it's an engineering school for the elite of the Southern Indian Hemisphere, engineering in a sense that most of the people of that culture spent their livelihood they sacrificed four children, send one to school. And of those that came, there were about close to 10,000. And a blind spot for me, I was so just overwhelmed to come speak and share how we're going to partner with bringing the gospel to a very, very huge, well-respected university. But the irony was that I came with the preconceived notion that since it's a Christian engineering school, that the majority of people were going to be believers. Mm. And I brought my Bible and I had everything ready to go. And I got up to the podium and the chancellor, equivalent of the chancellor, looked at me and said, uh, remember, uh, we have 65 to 70 percent of these people are Muslim and they don't, they don't know Christ. And I was floored. I mean, I was speechless, like, OK, well, I'm going to I said, now, Lino, I said, is it OK to talk about Jesus? He said, go for it. And needless to say, that day I had my Pauline experience, but people come to Christ after that series of events in that setting. And it taught me a very, very, very important lesson. Never take anything for granted when it comes to assumptions. In our culture in the Western Hemisphere, you wouldn't think of having a Christian school with Muslims in it. <laughs> you wouldn't dare think of that. And they had mandatory Christian chapel. Oh. <laughs> so so for me, I, I, I learned a very valuable lesson. If God opens the door, don't come in with preconceived notions. Even if you think that you're only speaking to Christians, change your thought because everybody doesn't think the way we think in America. Well, so thank you for sharing more than one blind spot. And <laughs> here we are in America, and I know you've seen one or two blind spots in America as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I can speak of uh, a leadership journey that I went in, had very success at Moody, transitioned, as you know, to Houston, Texas. 
and had wonderful opportunities to sit on various boards, still sitting on various boards. But I think out of all my blind spots, the one that sticks to me most is the essence of trusting leadership and having an individual that I highly respected come alongside of me and had success in one field and moving to another field and bringing that person to a different environment in a different setting in a different institution and assuming that success over in one area will breed success in another area. And the lesson learned, my blind spot at that particular time was never, ever take competency over character. Mm. We have a tendency to look for performance-based individuals, and there's nothing wrong with it. Every leader does that. But sometimes our push for performance and our push for competencies overshadow the specific need for character in an individual. And when you let competencies overshadow character, you're looking for a big disaster down the road. Mm. Wow. You just teed up my next question for me now that you've broached that blind spot. You know, we're in America now and we're in crisis and there's leadership going on right now. And a lot of people think that they're competent in a lot of things, but but now we've got riots going on and issues with our society. So what do you see there as a blind spot for new leaders and existing leaders? They, They think they're an expert, but this is an area that I think is causing them to question from a character perspective. I've always succeeded from a skill set perspective as a leader, but how does this fit in with what you're saying? Wow. That's a very, very important question. And I'll start with a couple of things. I'll use a quote first of all. I think as individuals, we have been afforded a lot of opportunities in America. We came out of a very oppressed society running to and discovering America. And America is the home of the brave and the land of the free. We know that. But even in that, if we measure our lives by what we possess and what we own, the cavern of our heart will never be filled. And I think I say that with the aspects of saying we have to be careful not to weigh what we possess over the human sanctity of individuals, because our greatest assets is life. Mm-hmm. And, and how we treat individuals in that setting, it shows our values. And Values are strictly really important. And here's another quote. As as an educator, I use a lot of quotes. But uh, Warren Wiersbe said, if our values determine our evaluations, if we cherish and value comfort more than character, then trials are going to upset us. And what we see in the United States now, we're being tried by fire. And they're upsetting a lot of people. And uh, that shows you where our value system is at. If our value system is on people, then we're going to look at this opportunity. It's a great opportunity. If our value systems, it's based upon what we own and possess. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if that supersedes the value of life, then we're going to be most miserable. And so my comment to leaders is to be very careful because at the end of the process of our leadership striving for what we think is important, People won't know and won't particularly care about our possessions and how much we own. People care how much you care about other people. Mm -hmm. And that really is where the rubber hits the road, because as I care for other individuals, I know then that I have peace inside and I am seeking to understand people more so than to be understood. 
Well, I want to say amen to that one. <laughs> that's that's a big one, right? Because leaders are used to being the expert. But really, to be an effective leader, seeking to understand someone, I hear you pointing to is, is really key. So on that note, I would like to seek to understand your view on the BLM situation, because I know a lot of leaders, they say all lives matter, not just black lives. And what would you say to someone? Tell me well, about that. Well, well, forget you just threw me in a landmine and I, it's okay. I understand that because it's, this is a hot topic. It, it is, it is something that everybody has a perspective on. Specifically, I want to just make sure that while people understand that there are differences between the Black Lives Matter network and the Black Lives Matter movement, that there are tentacles of that that really specifically talk about the true essence of understanding that racism is still an issue in the United States. Now, that does not justify breaking down of property and being being destructive. I'm not endorsing either or. The main point of the matter is there's truth embedded in the fact that there is still a level of dichotomy in how we treat different sex of individuals. And that is the single matter that's causing the friction of the civil unrest. And I liken this into a paper that you're writing and what we teach our students at the College of Biblical Studies. And that is know your source, understand the source from which you speak. A lot of times we speak because of what I call parakeet leadership. We see somebody else saying something or doing something, we copy it. And we don't know why. We have no idea why we're doing it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're quoting things that are not valid. I, if I can tell you how many times somebody sent me a quote on somebody and told me about something, someone recently sent me a quote on that this person went off to be wealthy and I'll dare them. And then within 10 minutes, they tried to retract this. Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong information. Right. And mm -hmm. here's my point. My point is, even in the court of law, hearsay is not welcomed. Why would we not check things out for ourselves? Go to the source and find out the differences. But I want to say this publicly, the issue at hand is racial injustice. Hmm. Move all the other stuff out of the way. And that goes back to human lives, right? And the value of human life. And, and what I would encourage people to do is like anything else, it's like a good book you read. You're not going to agree with everything that book is saying, right? With our leaders, we're not going to agree with everything they're saying. Uh, what is good? Uh, I, I like First Thessalonians 5, if I may quote that. It, it says to test everything. Mm. Test everything. You hold on to what is good, and you get rid of the evil. <laughs> so so we, in essence, we don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I think it's critically important for everybody to approach things for themselves. You judge based on what you're saying. It's a matter of what's in your heart. I think when we characterize and we use stereotypes, and and, and it doesn't matter, uh, and I'll say this publicly too, I think the same thing happens with police. And we're saying, oh, you know, all the police are doing this. And police. No, it's not true. I think that for me personally, and I'm speaking personally now, I weigh my decisions on my interaction with the individual and the character that comes from that individual. And if I don't know that individual, people are saying, well, what do you think about this leader? What do you think? I don't know him. I know what people say about him, but I don't know him. How can I weigh in? on something that I'm not intimately familiar with. And the scripture says, I say a lot about that and, and primarily says pray for. But I think if we stereotype things, our biggest divide comes from man-made rules that we use specifically to one-up people. And so I talk about the overestimation of our humanity. If I am overestimating who I am, I'm going to look down on everybody else. 
I create categories to look down to you. So if I say you have a bachelor's, I have a master. If I have, if you have a master's, I got a doctorate degree. If you went to University of Texas, I went to Alabama. And so mm-hmm. it's all this one upping to to satisfy our ego, to strengthen our position. But when it's all said and done, what does it matter? And absolutely nothing. Yeah. I think the truest essence of what I have to offer is my giftedness is for others to receive. My leadership abilities are to be in a servant perspective why I am serving the very least of these. And that's what I feel called to, serve the least of these. And I'm so grateful you are. And wonderful reminder for all of us to first seek to understand and ask yourself, what kind of character do you want to, you know, align with and be known for and show? And I know a little bit about your bringing up that, you know, your mom had a big influence on your life and you yourself have been faced unjustly with police uh, situations. And, you know, you, you still say what you just said, not all are the same. Don't stereotype and seek to understand. So if someone wants to know more about you and wants to hear you know some of the wisdom that you have to share what's the best place for them to go I would say go to our website cbshouston.edu we are offering if I may put a plug in beard please we have a wonderful class that's being taught at the College of Biblical Studies I encourage everyone to, to take it it's called cultural race in the church it is one of mm-hmm. the best classes that we offer and it sends to talk about the imago day of being created in God's own image. And any assault on that image is not an assault on the person, but it's assault on God. One of the biggest things that a leader can do in a crisis that we're facing now with civil unrest is to have this ability to say, if a lot of people are talking about this, let's not dismiss it. Let's Mm -hmm. seek to understand it. And while we may not fully agree with what is being said, publicly and how the media is misrepresenting it, we owe it to ourselves to understand it because we have people working in all different facets. We have people living in all different settings and and different areas, both urban, suburban, and rural. It's up to the leader to say here, like anything else, I strategically understand how to move my business in the right direction. I need to strategically understand the people that are working for me. And I think each leader owes it to themselves to understand what's going on. Thank you very much. I think those are some really wise words and great distinctions. Well, what a gift. And uh, also a gift is your willingness to be on the show, despite, you know, the past threats you've had and, and who knows what will happen in the future. But I clearly get your commitment to, to serve others. And it's been a pleasure to know you. And thank you for being on the show. God bless. Thank you, Brigitte. Really appreciate it.